This is Fair or Foul with Greg Zahn and Takia Singh. Welcome back to Fair or Foul with uh, Greg Zahn and Takia Singh. We are back after a little summer hiatus where uh, we took a little break to uh, pursue some uh, some solo projects. Yes. <laughs> yes, and now yeah. now we get the band back together, and uh, it's. Uh, Feels good. It's uh, been a lot of stuff going on in the game of baseball and a lot mm-hmm. of things to talk about. Um, trade deadlines come and gone. The all-star breaks come and gone. Uh, there's been a lot of a lot of changes in the game, a lot oh of yeah. changes here in Toronto. Tons to uh, talk about. Tons to talk about. So uh, what have you been up to since uh, our last show? Uh, I've also been pursuing some uh, ventures and um, getting more into... In front of the camera and learning more about behind the camera kind of stuff and spending time with family, enjoying the summer, of course, because the summer has been really, really good to yeah, us. So. It has been mm-hmm. very good weather. Mm-hmm. Been a, I, I like it. I like it kind of mild, but uh, it has been good. Not a whole lot of rain, good, good uh, yeah. beach days and whatnot, but uh, good. Good for you. Lots, lots of going on. Yeah. What have you been up to? I know you've been posting a bunch on uh, social media. Yeah. Updated. Been really busy. Um, you know, I went out and I ran a little league practice for a friend of mine's kid, and I, it just got the juices flowing. You know, one of the things that I absolutely demand is that the game be played a certain way, and um, you know, I was lucky as a kid to have you know, great little league coach, parents that were very involved. I was even more fortunate to have major league baseball player for an uncle, a a minor league baseball player for another uncle. So I learned how to do it the right way from from the get-go, you know, and I mean fundamentals. And so when I watch young kids play baseball, I realize that they're young. um, But I'm often disappointed because they're just fundamentally not where I think they should be. Yeah, maybe they don't get an opportunity to play as much baseball in Canada as they as they should, um, or they'd like to because you know the winters are pretty brutal here and they're long, and so it just kind of got me got me going because the last thing I ever want to see is a kid lose his interest in the game because he's frustrated with his own progress. Right, progress in the game comes from one knowing how to do it properly and then putting in the time and getting the reps. So it kind of got my, my my juices flowing. I got me thinking, you know what? Maybe I'll open my own baseball academy, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to open a Greg's on Baseball Academy. I'm, I'm very close. Um, we've narrowed it down to a couple of different spots, a uh, couple of existing buildings and that's businesses. Really it's really exciting for me. Yeah, just last night I went out and ran a little league practice, and, and it just recon- reaffirmed what I, was, what I was thinking. These kids love to play. Mm-hmm. They want to play. But they need to learn how to do it properly. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to come in. And so I'm going to, w- once I make my announcement as to where and when, uh, we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff at the Greg's on Baseball Academy. The main thing is the nuts and bolts. Remember our, our little segment we <laughs> yeah, used to do, on, do. The, on the Manless TV, the nuts yep. and bolts of baseball. And I'm talking about the basics, the garden variety foundation of the game. Movement, proper throwing, catching, hitting, how to run the bases, do cutoffs and relays, rundowns. You name it. They'll understand, you know, how to use their hands properly, how to practice autonomously so that when mom and dad drop them off at the batting cage, they're actually going to be able to get some quality reps. And we're putting together a membership-based program where they come in for an 11-week program. They come into class with me. Class size will be somewhere between six and eight, no greater than eight. It's going to be me and an assistant coach. We will basically build them up over an 11-week process um, from the from the basics of just how to catch a ball, hand-eye coordination, all the way on up to they're ready for game game play, and, and I want these kids to be advanced because their bodies might not be ready. They may not be as physically gifted as some players. But if they know how to play the game and they know how to do it properly, eventually their bodies will catch up to their minds. And they can practice, and they practice on their own. A hundred percent. I mean, in practice, perfect practice makes perfect. And we're going to teach them how to practice perfectly and teach them how to understand why. But they'll go through an 11-week program with me and an instructor. And on the odd days when they're not in class with me, they'll have access to the building. 
really? where they can, yeah, absolutely. So they can come in and get their reps. I mean, think about it. If your mom and dad said to you, well, we, we want you to play the piano and you don't have a piano at home. How are you going to practice yeah, at home when you don't have a piano? It's going to be hard. So you need to be able to go buy the batting cage. Yep. Well, that's exactly what we're offering. It's really I mean, generous. It's not going to be cheap, but it, it's not. Gonna, it's going to be when they when they see the value with the fact that you're talking about a small class size, the kids are going to get my attention. They're also going to get my attention on you know the Monday through Friday, three thirty to five, when there's space available. Come on in and practice. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to be sitting in an office, you know, twiddling my thumbs doing paperwork when I got kids. <laughs> in the building playing ball. I'll be out there mixing it up with them, overseeing what they're doing, giving them more advice. And so it's it's like you're paying, yeah, you're paying a pretty significant price, but you're paying to have me as your kid's baseball coach. I was gonna say it's a really good opportunity to have someone who has as much experience as you in the field to be able to teach them the fundamentals and how to get better and at such a young age that, that they're learning. Yeah, and you know, and I think my years in broadcasting have helped uh, polish my communication skills a little bit better. I can I can talk and convey convey the game to them. Um, you know, it was fun. I, like I said, I ran a little league practice last night o over in Hyde Park, and it was a blast. You know, and it's funny too because you know even at eight years old, you know, they're kind of looking off the dandelions and they're you know seeing butterflies <laughs> flying through the air, and you're like, hey, come on, let's go. Pay attention here. Let's. This is what we need to do. But at the end, if you just keep it creative and fun and light, and you challenge their 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 minds. Um, they they want to get better, and there's no better time than when they're young. And when you teach them how to do it the proper way early on, and you teach them, hey, keep doing it, keep doing it, and then all of a sudden something clicks with them, and th that's when that's when it gets really really fun. And so we're gonna make an announcement. We're also gonna be doing you know catching clinics. We'll be doing some hitting clinics, maybe some pitching clinics as well, like position specific stuff. But the thing that I really want to focus on, other than you know the, the little guys and gals, um, is the parents. You got these volunteer parents that come and they give their time, and God bless them. They're just wonderful people. So but you're going to teach them how to teach. Absolutely, because they don't all know what they're doing. You walk down the street and ask just about anybody in Canada how to skate or shoot a wicked slapper, and they could give you some sort of advice. Mm -hmm. Walk down the street and you know here in Mississauga, Port Credit, and ask somebody how to, you know what's the proper bunt technique. They look at you like you got three heads. <laughs> and so that's where I come in. And, sure. you know, and I look around at, you know, all the programs for kids up here. Well, we want to keep them moving. We want to keep the kids that are in love with the game of baseball moving throughout the winter. By the time we finish their that, that program, they'll be ready for summer ball. And now all they have to do is just kind of maintain what they've learned with us for the next couple of months while they're waiting for their season to start. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I look around and, uh, you know, I see all these organizations running these travel ball teams. And I'm thinking to myself, what exactly are you getting when you get into these travel ball teams? You're, get, you're getting a couple of fancy uniforms. You get to go down south to the United States and play in some tournaments and get your ass waxed by, you know, superior teams. <laughs> U.S. teams. Seriously, I mean, yeah. come on. Like, th these poor kids are going down there and they're just getting wailed on by these Americans because they play baseball year-round. Well, enough's enough. We're going to get these Canadian kids going down there to wail on some of the U.S. There teams. We get them, <laughs> get them playing some quality ball. And, heck... You know, if th if things work out, we we may start hosting tournaments up here in Canada. Get some of these U.S. teams that are you know kind of close to the northern border. Hey, here. buddy, why don't you uh, why don't you come across the border and, uh, and and hang out in Toronto for a little while and 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 maybe play a tournament up here instead of we all of us having to travel all the time. Um, who knows what'll happen? But I'm I'm really excited about it. I got this this coaching bug thing going on now after that couple of little league practices. It even made me want to you know go back to to coaching or I shouldn't say back to coaching pro ball, but go into coaching pro ball. Because I, I love to watch, you know, players develop. And uh, I, think I, could, I think I could offer a lot with regards to, to coaching young players, whether it be minor leagues or, you know, helping a big league staff out. So I'm actively pursuing that, calling all, calling all contacts down there in the United States, trying to uh, see if there's going to be a, a spot for me somewhere in, in player development or even on, you know, a big league coaching staff. But We'll we'll do that during the spring and winter, hopefully, or spring and summer if yeah. that works out, and then come home and do this uh, winter program with the kids, um, you know. And it, it's just it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time, uh, and now that I'm no longer working on television, it, it it makes perfect sense to me. It's it's something that uh, that kind of lights me up. I, I enjoy I enjoy watching players get better, and it's it's been yeah, it's gratifying. It, it is. Be. It really is, and I and I'm looking forward to. Uh, to whatever the next step is and then uh 
um, been working out hard, trying to cut some weight. Gonna gonna the 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 plan is to take my first amateur boxing match and uh, yeah, and I know I see the look. What? Uh, yeah, my first amateur boxing match in December somewhere. It'd be uh, You're a busy guy. I'm trying to be, and then I got a three-year-old daughter too, who's really pissed at me right now because I won't let her play <laughs> with her iPad. Oh, um, what happened? Well, you know, she she was. We went to soccer practice last weekend, and. You know, I, I don't really expect a whole lot out of the three-year-old, but I won't sit there and stand for somebody who's going to pout and cry if, if they don't give her the ball. I tried to explain to her that soccer is not exactly everybody share with Ryan Jane's on. It's <laughs> game of keep away with the ball. Right. And she has to understand that if the ball's not with her, if she doesn't have the ball, her job is to go run around and try to take it from the other team, pass it to her teammates or shoot it in the goal. So she just melted down, and and I, I, I honestly don't know where she gets it. What a temper on this oh, little three-year-old. Oh, I wonder <laughs> where she would get that from. <laughs> um, the competitive drive at age three uh, is really quite amazing. I mean, you don't go anywhere in this house without racing her. She will literally say, yep. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, constantly amazed. I Like, I don't remember being three first of all and i certainly don't remember wanting to race everybody around the house like she will literally not let you beat you her up the stairs yeah and she <laughs> cheats she'll be running up the stairs and if you're in front of her she'll she'll arm sweep you no absolutely she arm sweeps you so that she can thrust herself by you oh and then she gets God. to the top of the staircase and she turns around and she taunts i got i beat you dad i beat you dad I'm sitting there going, where did you learn this? <laughs> and then if, if, if I happen to get there before her, full meltdown. Oh, no. Absolute full meltdown. I, now, I remember melting down when I was you know, 10, 11 years old. I was very competitive. Uh, if I struck out, oh, Lord have mercy, look out. I was throwing batting helmets and, and, oh. and baseball bats. And, of course, that's where the, the, the old saying, you know, go sit in the truck came from because my my dad and my mom they recognized how much i love baseball and how much i wanted to succeed right away so they dangled that little carrot in front of me oh really you're not going to behave properly no baseball oh you're gonna you're gonna behave like a little jerk when you get to the ball field mm, go sit in the truck or how about we're out of here we're going home mm -hmm. the what you love my ability to play baseball the privilege of playing baseball kept me in line my entire life. Really? Oh, I was terrified of doing something wrong and pissing my dad off and he'd take baseball. it away from me. Oh. I remember a couple of times when he wanted, I'd, I'd, I'd been a little, you know, a little shit, <laughs> and my dad wanted to take baseball away from me, and my mom was like, no, you can't take him off the team because that would be unfair to the rest of the kids because they're supposed to win the city championship this year, and Greg's the best player, so don't, don't take him off the team and penalize the other kids. Send him out into the backyard and make him do yard work or, you know, whatever. Uh, and so that's the way it went. I can remember two times when my dad was like, you're lucky your mom's understanding of you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I didn't, I didn't screw around. I didn't mess, I didn't mess with my dad because if he, he would take baseball away from me just to make sure that I was kept in, in check. Wow. And my daughter, I don't know. So no, iPad, <laughs> she's got her videos. I don't even know what, like, is she the Kardashians or something? Like what, is, what, <laughs> what videos? Like what videos are you talking about? She watches these YouTubers, um, this little kid named Ryan, which little boy named Ryan, my, my, mine's a little girl named Ryan. She likes to watch this show. And this kid, all he does is just play with toys. And she just sits there mesmerized. You could talk to her. You'd be literally five feet from her. Ryan, 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 Ryan. She's not <laughs> listening to me because she's absolutely <laughs> entranced with watching the other Ryan do whatever it is that he's doing. And so now I've got to use no iPad as the way to get her attention. It's so crazy how at three, like that, yeah. I don't even know how to use an iPad. <laughs> she turns the thing on and she starts swiping right, what? up, down, left, right, and I'm looking like You're getting smarter. What in the world is going on? I don't understand it. I I have a laptop. I can use it. It's it's fine for me. <laughs> you know, it's got a mouse and a kick 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 kick. All right, we're good. But the all the things that she, she can blow pictures up. She's she comes up to us the other day and she got the the iPad out and she's like, smile, daddy, uh 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 uh, and she's taking pictures <laughs> of me. And I was just like, 
Who are you? Annie Leibovitz? What's what's going on here? I I don't I don't understand what it is that you're you're uh you're doing here with your with your iPad. You're taking pictures of your family. Is this thing going to the internet? Are you posting this? Like like what what are you capable of at three? That would be so funny. It would be unbelievable. I mean, but then I don't really worry so much, you know, it's like, okay, she really can't post stuff to the internet. I mean, she she still, you know, has accidents where you can come up to the, uh, you know, come up the house and, you know, there's a pile of clothes in the floor and you're kind of looking at them like, mm, what is that? And it's because she peed on the floor and then oh. she's covered it up with a bunch so of dirty she's clothes. she's still three. She's three. Mm-hmm. She's three, but she's a mature three <coughs> and she's a competitive three. And... I'm a little bit terrified and a little bit excited all at the same time because my wife's like, you can't be teaching her that stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't understand child psychology. I don't have a degree. What I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to stifle my daughter's competitive uh, drive, <laughs> but I don't want her acting like an asshole when she goes to sporting events. If she, she has to learn how to play and channel that rage. That's how we do Into it. We exactly. Yeah. You, know, you know, tackling fuel, so to speak. Right. So mm-hmm. that that's what I've been dealing with right now. Is there's a lot of stuff going on in the Zon house and the house is for sale. So we're we're going to we're going to scale down. Um yeah, I bought this place to kind of stretch out and finally see all of the memorabilia that I've been collecting my entire life, which you know, the man cave's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, there's tons. Yeah, it's a ton of stuff, but it's it's going to need to go bye-bye for a while. I, I just I, I can't do it anymore. We we just we're getting too busy. Um and so, and there's only three of us. We don't need all this space. So, whatever. I'm going to be focused on coaching kids, whether they be eight or 18. You know, it's like, all right, here's time for me to go back to the field and do what I think I was meant to do other than play. But, uh, you know, 40 mm. se- 47 years old, it's time to get back into it. Well, is it yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you that you're finding yeah. What you want to do and yeah. figuring that stuff out. You know, it's really cool. We've got the podcast and the Instagram videos. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, I, I threw it out there on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it pl- p- people just went bonkers. You know, we had like over 11,000 views. <laughs> 11,000 views on this that. video, 7,000 on that one, and all the positive comments. And I was like, all right, gang, if this is what you want, then I'll give it to you because I like doing it. And... I mean, who knows? Maybe we can make a little money doing it and make keep a roof yeah. over our head and some, you know, some shoes on my kids' feet. You know, because if she's going to be running around like she's doing now, I'm going to be replacing <laughs> shoes every six weeks. <laughs> she, she, she tears up some some turf. I, I've seen her. She pounds the she pounds the turf like it's Tasmanian her job. Devil, oh, yeah. it's unbelievable. I don't get Crazy. it. Crazy. Yeah. So there's a lot happening with you and a lot happening. In the Zon household, in the <laughs> Zon world. Yes. And there's also a lot happening in baseball. Yeah. Tons while you were away. Wow. Let's start with the Blue Jays trades. I am a fan. I mean, obviously we know how I feel about the lack of a Donaldson trade early in the season, or actually preseason. We'll circle yeah. back to that later because mm-hmm. that's like a whole half an hour in itself. Uh, the Hap trade, amazing. Yankees. But but then all of a sudden, yeah, like I d- the only part I didn't like about that was trading within the division because if I'm Jay Happ, I wouldn't mind staying a Yankee. And then if you're the Blue Jays, now you got to deal with a guy who was your teammate for three years, four years, whatever it was. And you got to play him. And you got to play him, and he's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, there's like some sort of an outbreak of you know foot and mouth disease going on in New York City. So Syndergaard had it. Like, what is it? Ha- foot and mouth disease or some some weird thing like that only like normally only little kids get yeah so haps on he's been diagnosed with it now that he's a yankee goes to new york and he gets you know something weird but other than him being traded to the yankees i thought okay good you got some players for him uh when they traded O, I was like oh we stole some guys i didn't think they were going to get a bag of curveballs for oh he was Damn near terrible this year, and I, I was like the return on that was pretty darn good. Uh, they got they got loop over to Philly. Um, you know they're they're cleaning house. They're moving some guys. I'm happy they kept Stroman. I'm happy they kept Sanchez. The Osuna trade, utterly one of the most shocking things I have seen in baseball. I know nobody thought that would nobody thought that would happen. No, no, I I certainly didn't think the Jays would be able to move him. Uh, this is a dicey situation for the Houston Astros. Well, That's a yeah, to- it's no. a total win for for the uh, for the Blue Jays. Is it? 
Well, yeah. They, I mean, Kenny Giles is pretty good. Go compare Ken Giles' numbers to Osuna over the last three years, and they're pretty darn good. He's having a little bit of an off year, but he's pretty he's pretty legit. Um, they, I think they got a couple other prospects for him as well, and now they don't have to deal with Whatever the fallout of putting him back on the field. Now that being said, you know you can look at it a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, you know, people, the Houston Astros are taking a whole lot of criticism for making that deal. That's really big for them. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, but they needed a closer. Um, That's a huge question mark. It, it is. You don't know. The court proceedings are still, like, he was in court on the first, or his lawyer was in court on the first, and nothing's resolved. And there's so many question marks as to what's going to happen, whether he did it, whether he didn't. All I can say about this is, you know what? I'm praying for the alleged victim, and I'm praying for Roberto. You know, if you believe what John Gibbons says about him, he's a good kid. And I want to believe that he's a good kid. I, I, and I want to see him do well because he's a talented guy. You know, and I, and I don't want to think that a 23-year-old kid makes one mistake in his life and it defines him for the rest of his adult life. Now, granted, if, if, if what they said is true, these are some, these are, these are, this is a very big mistake. But is is it fixable? Can he be rehabilitated? Can he be counseled? Um, you know, and, and the question you have to ask yourself is, is the alleged victim going to forgive him? If she forgives him and he puts in the work and he and he demonstrates to everyone that he's really, truly sorry for what he did and he goes out of his way to try to rehabilitate himself and to never let it happen again, don't you have to kind of forgive him and try to give him a second chance? I mean, obviously that's a personal decision for everybody. Yeah, it's a difficult decision to make. It's a diff difficult con decision to talk about. Um, I find typically that the they do forgive and move on and rehabilitate and work on it and all, all well, of those positive things. Let's be honest. We, we, we're talking about there's been a couple of guys. So Jose Reyes former shortstop for the Jays. Yeah. He had a domestic incident in, I think it was in Hawaii with his wife. Yep. Aroldis Chapman had a domestic incident and he actually fired a gun. Yeah, that was... Nobody's even talking about that anymore. It's like, true. okay, That's all's true. forgiven. He goes and he you know wins a World Series, I think, with the Cubs and now he's a Yankee. That's but nobody's true, yeah. even talking about it. Yeah, you're, you're making very fair points. You Absolutely. know? Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I applaud people for taking a very firm stance on stuff like this. It's absolutely unacceptable. Um, but the game of baseball uh, is definitely a forgiving business. The, the, you see a lot of guys. I mean, I grew up being a Dodger fan, and there was a left-handed pitcher named Steve Howe who had like eight cocaine violations, and they kept bringing him back. He kept saying, I'm sorry. He kept saying, I'm sorry. He kept trying. He kept going to rehab. Well, the guy had a problem, and, he, and ultimately it ended, up, ended his career. Um, but people are willing to forgive. If you're willing yeah. to apologize and you're willing to say, hey, listen, I made a mistake. I accept responsibility. I'm doing all that I can to do it and to never let it happen again. You got to you got to say to yourself, all right, um, you know, maybe we maybe we can forgive him. I, I, I always come back to, you know, when I was going to Catholic school and I was, you know, there was a more religious time in my life. Um, the priests that I they, that used to run our my high school used to say, you have to love the sinner, but you don't have to love the sin. And you forgive. Forgiveness is divine. And so I, I, I just I hope and I pray for both the alleged victim and for Roberto that there's that 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 they're able to find peace and that yeah. we as a society, if he demonstrates contrition and he's able to uh, be rehabilitated, that we're we're all able to, to forgive and and to try to give him a second chance. I really believe that's important. He was good at what he did. Yep, he, and that's the bottom line. I mean, you think about look at some of the guys that have played for the Yankees. I when I was. 1999, playing for the Texas Ranger. Daryl Strawberry came out of rehab and beat us with a couple of home runs. I mean, the bottom line is, is baseball fans, you know, they 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 pound their chest and they and they're easy, they're quick to condemn, but you know, a couple of saves in the World Series might soften the <laughs> might soften it a little bit for some people. And and that's that's not to diminish or or downplay what happened. I'm I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that. 
forgiveness I, happens and it's there. Yeah, I think that there's I think that there's forgiveness out there for just about everyone. And I think that, you know, hopefully hopefully he will experience the forgiveness of the baseball fans. I really I'm rooting for him because I want to believe he's a good kid and I want to root for him because I, li- I like I like And he's young. There's he's so 20 so he's much 23 years old. He's a baby. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute baby. Mm-hmm. And it's not just him that you're talking about. It's this is a guy from very modest uh, beginnings, beginnings, and he's probably got the weight of of an entire family um, on his shoulders. You know, his, the sex success of his career could be a humongous difference maker for uh, for his entire family. So I, I said, I, I, I'm I'm praying for everyone involved, and I'm I'm just hoping for a swift uh, resolution of the whole thing. Um, quality you know contrition rehabilitation and forgiveness and let's move on yeah okay. so but i, I sure. that was a surprising trade uh, absolutely it was a hu- it, yeah it, that it, was huge for the jays oh, well, yeah huge it was so what do you make of the jays and their standing where they are well they're they're, they're as good as, as i expected them to be they're right where they deserve to be um you know i never i never look at i never look at a team and and say okay we're gonna win when I'm banking on a breakout season and and career years for you know veteran players, I, you just can't do that. If I'm putting together a roster, I'm hedging my bets. I'm going to make sure that I can wear you know sustain injuries as a group and still be talented enough as a, as a roster as a collective to 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 live through them and still stay competitive. You know, Stroman went down early. He hasn't been nearly as good in the second half or the first half. He was terrible. Um, who knows if he was even in shape or ready? He came came back awfully quick. He may not have been ready. Uh, you got to give him credit for trying, but you know he w- he wasn't right. Seven 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 ERA in the first half. There's just something no. wasn't right. No, that's not um, good at all. Aaron Sanchez hasn't been as good as 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 you expected. Uh, he might he might be a little tentative, worried about blister issues, afraid afraid to let it rip. Who knows what happens next year? Hap wasn't as great as we've seen him. Um, Marco Estrada has struggled as well. He yeah, hasn't been that good. He's a t- been dealing with some injuries. I think there's been a lot of injuries, you know, minor little things that have that have plagued the Jays. You know, and then, you know, they, they really didn't do anything in the offseason to get all that better. Yeah, that's a lot of people were saying that. And you even said yourself, uh, in order for the Jays to do well, everything had to go right. Everything had to be perfect. Yeah, they, they had to be absolutely perfect in order to, to even be competitive. Um, in in the American League, and I'm not just talking about the East. I'm talking about the American League because Cleveland's really really good. We know how good Houston is. The Angels were were competitive for a while. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are really really good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot of good teams out there in the American League. Yankees, Boston, come on. I mean, Tampa Bay's playing like 500 ball, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I was chirping them in the beginning of the season for basically tanking. On purpose. On purpose. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, how is this ball club at 500? So they've done a tremendous job down there. Um, but you just, when you put together a roster, you got to understand there's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys that have down years. Oh, yeah. You can't expect perfection. No. Not if you're going to be competitive. That's why, but that's why the Yankees and Boston and other great teams, the Cleveland Indians, they wear you down. They're just so good top to bottom roster wise. Oh, somebody's having a day off today. So the guy that comes in. He goes out there and he gets a couple of knocks or he makes a big play or somebody has a great pitching performance. You put as many great players on a roster as you possibly can. That's, that's how you expect to win. When you outlast the other clubs, anybody can beat anybody on a given day. But over the course of 162 games in 180 days, the cream is going to rise to the top. It's a war of attrition. Always has been, always will be. Yep. I look at the season. how it works. It's, it's, you can look at it a couple different ways. It's a marathon but then again, attitude-wise, I want to win today. I'm doing everything I can to win today. It's 162 one-game seasons, back to back to back to back to back. That's what makes it so hard. So where did the Jays go from here? Stockpile those prospects. Get yourself ready for 2020, which is what I thought they should have been doing prior to the season. And that's why I said trade Josh Donaldson now. Because yeah. when I looked at the roster, I said, Okay, everything could go perfectly for this club. They could end up being competitive, but they weren't going to win. And so if you're not going to win, if you're not going to go to the World Series, if you're not even going to make the playoffs without you know help from everybody else, 
Why would you hold on to your biggest bargaining chip, your most valuable asset that's going to get you so much in return if you trade him before the season starts, before he has a chance to injure himself, before he has a chance to have a bad year, yeah. before he has a chance to lower his own stock? Mm, yeah, exactly. Now you're looking at a situation where he may not even be ready prior to the August 31st waiver trade deadline, which means he can still be traded and most likely would clear waivers because he's making so much money. Then if he clears waivers, he can be traded to anybody they want. But he may not be ready to play by then. So nobody's going to trade for a guy that's broken. Right. And that means the Jays are stuck with Josh Donaldson for the remainder of the season and will likely lose him to free agency following the year. And so that means they would have gotten nothing, nothing for him. At least now they're they're you know they're carving up pieces. They still got a chance to move Curtis Granderson, Yngwie uh, Salarte. They still got a chance to move Marco Estrada on the you know these other trade deadlines. Um, this roster will look a heck of a lot different on September first if if I see things going the way they if, if things go the way I see them going. Um, the, the, the Jays aren't done yet. There's going to be more moves. They just couldn't get them done before the, so? the non the non waiver. Oh yeah, there's still there's still possibilities. Estrada's making 13 mil. Um, he's going to be really expensive for somebody. I mean, that's a that's a lot of money for one month worth of service. Um, Grandy, you know, they they probably had a couple offers for him. I mean, you're looking for a veteran power you know power bat. Uh, yeah, Solarte is a versatile guy. Gives you some flexibility on the roster. Switch hitter can play multiple infield positions. Those are the kind of guys you see go later on. So you think um, they're going to basically gut? Yeah, they're going to gut the ball club, um, you know, and then who knows what they're going to do and who they're going to replace them with, you know. I mean, but if Josh Donaldson's playing on this team, you know, you, you're probably have missed the boat because, you know, that was your that was your biggest, most valuable asset going into the season. And and if you're if you're of a realistic mind like I am, and you know that you're not going to win. I know the Jays led the league in attendance last year, but that had absolutely nothing to do with how they played. They played poorly last year. They were never at 500. They led the league in attendance. That's a byproduct of going to the playoffs back-to-back -back years. That's all it was. So if I'm the GM, I'm looking at the team realistically, and I'm saying I know that people are going to be angry at me, but come 2020 when Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is ready, when Bo Bichette's ready, theoretically, when all these other young guys, that Roman Fields or Anthony uh, Alford, uh, when, when we have this group of, this quality group of young players, when those guys are ready, we've, we've also stockpiled a bunch of other guys that can fill in at other positions, found ourselves, you know, this guy, a, a really good second baseman, a true center fielder, et cetera, et cetera, sprinkle in a couple of key free agents, and now we got a really good chance to win in 2020. That's what I would have been building for. I would have said, right listen, beginning. everybody can be mad at me all day long if they want to, but when we win the World Series in 2020 or we're knocking on the door, everybody's going to be happy and that all will be forgiven. Yeah. Because Josh Donaldson, if he's a Blue Jay next year, I will be utterly shocked. He's an older free agent. This is his first crack at it. He's going to go out there and get every last dime that he can possibly get. Yeah, he's going to be scraping at that point. Absolutely. He's got to. There'd be dumb not to. Mm -hmm. He'd be stupid not to. You know, the, the other guys like Harper, Machado, you know, those guys are probably going to get 10-year contracts because they're young. Yeah. And they deserve it. Because oh, sure. well, they, they deserve it because they're going to be, when they finish those contracts, they're going to be in their early 30s. They're going to be where Josh Donaldson is right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. And these guys are going to be like 33, 34, 35. After 10 years, they're just exiting the prime of their careers. Mm -hmm. um, and Josh is going into free agency. And if you look at what teams are doing now, they're not giving those long-term deals to guys in their 30s because they don't want to pay premium dollars on the back end of a deal mm -hmm. for a crap performance. They, they might get two really good years up front. And teams used to do that in order to win the World Series now. They'd say, okay, we got a two-year window of this guy in his prime. I'll overpay for him on the back end just for a shot to win now. They're not doing that anymore. Not worth it. No, no. Financially, it's just not worth it. Yeah, I can see well why that would... Yeah, I mean, teams like the Houston Astros are building from within. They've got a core group of guys that came up through the organization. They're young in all the right spots. 
Mm-hmm. They've got a couple of key free agents here and there. That's the formula. Develop within. Are you excited about Vladdy being promoted to AAA? I am. Um, you know, he played 60 games in AA, and he tore it up, 400. You know, he, he's legit. There's no doubt about it. I don't, I don't know how much more he's got to prove at that level. I could have gone either way. If they would have left him there for a full season, I would just be fine with that too because, you know, my attitude, especially towards hitters, is I want the entire league to have a chance to adjust to them. I want, I want to see how my hitter reacts to the league reacting to him. You know, if you hide these kids, if you if you let them play, you know, a month here, six weeks there, another month here, and you keep moving them, teams never get a second and a third crack at the guy. Well, that's not reality. I mean, in the big leagues, they've got video. They don't even need a second, third crack at him because all they got to do is watch the seven games prior to the series, and they've got a pretty good idea based on what their advanced scout says, what the video says, what the graphs and the charts say. I need to see... If the kid has an, uh, the ability to make adjustments to the adjustments that are being made to him, I actually really want to see him fall flat on their face and see how they react to that too. Yeah. So, so take, for instance, Bo Bichette. The guy's been he, – he was prior to the season was just a notch below Vladdy on the prospect mm-hmm. depth chart. Well, he came out of the gate pretty slow. He struggled. But how he reacted tells me all I need to know about the kid. He didn't pout. He didn't – curl up in, in a fetal position he didn't turtle up he kept grinding and he's going to mm-hmm. be a better more mature ball player for having been allowed to go through that mm-hmm. that's important to me it's just as important as how far he can hit it how fast he can run how hard he can throw it the, go, the ability to go through a slump and the ability to make adjustments and, and then ad- readjust it. and then readjust after that to me that's the that's the really the 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 true nature of the game and the real reason why I like to see guys play a full season at every level. That makes 100% sense. So I'll go anyway. I mean, he, he was dominating. I'll give him that. He'll go to AAA, the most unhappy place on the world, you know, on the planet. Um, you got guys who have been to the big leagues and they're back in AAA and guys that are knocking on the door. So it's like it's a cross-section of misery, AAA. And you got a 19-year-old kid. That's why a lot of times people used to skip AAA. Real big prospects used to skip AAA because the the player development really? guy, yeah, they didn't want those. They didn't want their real prospects, their good young players like Vladdy Jr. in a place where they were surrounded by bitter Bob. When I went through AAA, it was completely different. I was playing against thirty year old men, guys who had been to the big leagues, guys that had been two three years in Japan. It was a miserable place to be. They were some angry old dudes, and I got wow. to I got to AAA when I was twenty three, twenty two. First time I was in AAA, I was a 22. Oh, my And I was playing with some angry, bitter old dudes. Does that get discouraging? It can be. I mean, for me, I was used to it because, you know, I I grew up in a house full of men that just (laughs) basically pounded on you. It was like, (laughs) everybody was all gruff and miserable. You know, and, and, and that was what they thought their job was, was to just basically put me under thumb and keep me there and keep grinding on me and keep me, t- make me tough, mm-hmm. toughen mm-hmm. him, thicken his skin. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what those veteran players did. It's probably why, you know, I look at, I look at things the way I do, because that's the way I was raised and not only at home, but after even in pro ball. Um, but guys used to, ch- guys like Vladdy used to skip AAA. When they were that good, that young, they would skip AAA or, and go right to the big leagues. Because they didn't want to, the, the, the player development guys, the farm directors, didn't want them tainted by the miserable old bastards that were in AAA. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, it's hilarious. But it's not like that anymore. There's there's barely any talent in the AAA level anymore. There's just, all the good players are in the big leagues. Will we see Vlad in the big leagues this year? <sighs> my gut is telling me yes. My gut tells me yes, but I think that's a mistake. Um, because uh, you, I, you can look at it one of two ways. From a player development standpoint, you don't really need Vlad to get a taste of the big leagues. This guy grew up around the show. His dad's a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He's been around a big league ballpark his whole life. Yep. Um, he's he's not going to be in awe of the big leagues. And so you really don't need to give him a taste. What people don't understand is right now the Jays could do whatever they want with him as long as he stays in the minor leagues. He's not on the 40-man roster, doesn't need to be for another couple of years. So they have all the rights. They hold all the cards. As soon as they put him on a big league roster, all that goes away. Now the clock starts ticking. And you waste You got three options. You, he's going to have to, unless he makes the club out of spring training next year, there's option number one, and then two, and then three. 
I mean, a guy as talented as him is, is if he continues to play well, he probably doesn't even use him up. But there's really there's really nothing to be gained other than giving the fans what they want, which is we suck this year. We want to see our young players. We want to see how good they are. So bring Vladdy up and give us something to be excited about. But here's one thing you got to kind of worry about. What happens if Vladdy comes up here and doesn't play well? It's possible. Mm-hmm. Highly yeah. unlikely, but possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of looking forward to, like, I want to protect this guy. I want to make sure that, you know, that he continues and ends the season on a positive note. That's all I'm saying. If he's good enough, he's going to get there. He'll be there. But 19 years old, there's really no reason to expose him or, or rush him. Because you're not going anywhere. If now, if that. if a nineteen-year-old yeah. Vladdy's going to make a difference in a push for a playoff spot, by all means, you bring the best players to the big leagues and you go. But you have absolutely nothing to gain by bringing Vladdy to the big leagues. You might piss off a couple of fans who say we should see him, you should reward him. He's nineteen. Let him finish the year on a high note. And you know what? He's only played a couple of games in AAA so far. We got to wait and see what's going on there. He didn't even play yeah. a half a season in AA, and he's already in AAA. So. I, I, my gut tells me we are going to see him. That That's going to be interesting to see that. He was in A-ball last year, and then he'd find himself in the show <laughs> at 19 years old. It's, just, it's, uh, it's not unheard of. Ken Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, obviously once-in-a-generation type of guys, but both of them in the show at 19. You know, So it's, it's, it does happen. What move will have the greatest impact from all the trades this year? You know what? I, I looked at that, and I think people are going to think I might be crazy, but that's not new. Uh, Wilson Ramos, the catcher from the Tampa Bay Rays, being traded to Philly. Big-time power, offensive catcher. But one thing people may not realize is it's pretty difficult to go to a new team as a catcher and seamlessly integrate into the pitching staff. That's a lot of moving parts. You know, something as simple as his setup could could disrupt the entire pitching staff. They may not like the way it looks. His game calling style might not be, it may not mesh. It may not synergize with, <laughs> with, uh, with what they're doing in Philly. And let's be honest, they're they're rolling. They're in first place. Yep. So why 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 tinker? Why why mess? I mean, obviously, it's a bandbox of a ballpark there in Philly, but, and he'll hit some homers and he'll add some offensive pop to that lineup. But he could do more harm than good on the defensive side just by upsetting the apple cart with the pitching staff. He might he might just go right there and seamlessly integrate, but you never can tell. I just don't understand when you're in first place why you mess with a good thing. Do, should the Nationals have traded Bryce Harper, speaking of? Well, that's a, a good thing. Yeah, that's a great question. They're only five and a half games out, and, and in my opinion, they've underachieved the entire season. I picked them to, 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 to win that division. And like they're only five and a half out. The two teams that are at the top, Atlanta and Philly, I had no idea these guys would hang around this long. I no. saw I thought the New York Yankees or the, the New York Mets pitching staff would take them as far as they could go. Um, and I really truly believe the Nationals would just walk all over everybody in the East. It hasn't happened. But they're only five and a half out, maybe six games out. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing. We we still got a ton of time left with that pitching staff that they've got. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And we, uh, we already know that that, that, that roster offensively, that lineup is capable of doing some great things. They were not, they almost went to the world series last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think they should have let uh, Bryce Harper go. If they were, if they were 10 out, I would say, yeah, they should have traded him, but not five. You got to hold on to him and ride it out and see what happens. Cause something could have really huge oh, yeah. come out of it, that. It could click and you know, all they got to do is get in. Mm-hmm. It's all they got to do is get in the playoffs, and you don't. If you're not, if you're still mathematically alive for a playoff spot, five and a half games out with two months to play, keep it good, guys. You got to keep. You got to keep a former MVP in your lineup. A tw- what, what is he? 24? Twenty four. A twenty four year old guy who's already won an MVP. Yeah, you keep him. That's that's a, that's a stud. <laughs> Which MLB club do you think improved the most? Ooh, toss up between the Dodgers and the Yankees. Shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean. The rich get yeah. richer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but the Yankees got better on the pitching staff side. They got Hap, they got Lance Lynn, mm. um, and they got Zach Britton from the from the Yankees or from the Orioles. Another another team trading within the division. Like, what are you thinking? You're gonna, do you real people want to be Yankees, and you're going to trade a guy like Zach Britton to the New York Yankees and possibly have to deal with that 96 mile an hour sinker 
in your division for the next three or four years after the, after they re-sign him? Like, come on, why would you do that? There was they should have traded him to the to the Astros. That's the they, they, the Astros missed out on that opportunity. I don't know what they were thinking by letting him get away. Um, but you know the Dodgers also got a lot better. Um, they picked up Brian Dozier from the Twins, and then of course Manny Machado. I mean, I, and there's a guy who might end up sticking around and staying in L.A. Big market player, big market. Uh, they got deep pockets. They got the ability to uh, to re-sign a guy like Machado. And I don't know about you. I mean, I grew up in L.A., but I think there's a ton of people who didn't grow up in L.A. that'd be like, whew, I got a chance to play for the Dodgers? Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. I'm, stick- I'm hanging around. I'm hanging around. So, yeah, toss-up between the Yankees and the Dodgers as far as who got who got better, better. And the AL East is shaping up basically exactly the way you said it would. Are we going to be watching Boston and New York atop the division yeah. for years to come? Yeah. Outside of some major major injuries to some key players, they're going to be good for a while. They're both really talented on the offensive side. And the, all the guys that they're leaning on are, are young. You look at Boston, Bogarts, Benintendi, Mookie Betts. I mean, Mookie's already had, like, what, two runner-ups on the MVP side? Um, ben Intendi's a stud. Bogarts is a hitting machine. Good shortstop. Uh, you look at the Yankees. Sanchez is having a bit of a down year, but he'll bounce back. Um, probably a first baseman. Uh, the knock on him is he's a little bit lazy behind the dish, but he's on the DL right now. Aaron Judge is out with a broken wrist, but we know what that guy can do. He's young. Giancarlo Stanton is is young and, and already won an M- NL MVP. That's a young Good-looking ball club right there. They got Severino on the pitching staff side, a young stud, few, uh, possible Cy Young type guy. Um, they, they're a good-looking ball club, and and so with them being so young and so deep, yeah, you got to imagine that uh, everybody else in the division is chasing those two clubs, and will be for probably the next like five to yeah. seven years. Yeah, uh, and also the West is shaping up exactly the way you said it would. I mean, how did you predict these things were going to happen so accurately? Well, remember we talked about building a roster. It's yeah. I, I don't do it on a wing and a prayer. And so, you know, I might be wrong here and there, like, you know, one club. I expected the Orioles to be more competitive in the East, but they didn't get the pitching that they thought they were going to get from from Kashner and, and, and others. But when I look at the rosters, I say, do they have the ability to compete day in and day out? Do they have the ability to weather an injury um, over the course of 162? Uh and when I look at, you know, the Houston Astros, how young they are, they won the World Series last year. Yeah. Their roster is relatively unchanged. In fact, I think they got better uh, in the offseason. They added, you? you know, quality pitcher. Yeah. They, they added a quality, quality starter. So it's just pretty tough to bet against them. And, and, you know, and then, you know, they, everybody was you know, on the Shohei Otani bandwagon and whatnot. And I was like, oh. all right, guys, he, he gets a couple That's of hits serious. and, you know, throws a couple of decent innings. But, you know, they, they were protecting him. They were, you know, keeping him sheltered from the league. They weren't fully exposing him. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm not – I'm a guy that has to wait around. And, you know, I want to see a, f- a, a few years of, pr- of solid production. Re- repeat. Do it again. You know, do it more than once, and I'll, and I'll believe in you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, how could you not believe the Houston Astros were going to rise to the top? You, you look at the Seattle Mariners. You knew they were a good ball club, but it was going to take something, something to click there. Um, and it has, and they're and they're playing some competitive baseball. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't root for a wing and a prayer. I don't, I don't count on one. Um, and so when I when I look at what's gonna what's gonna happen over the course of 162 games, I, I'm realistic, and I and I always count on the 25 guys that I have. I look at what their average season is, and that's what I count on. If I get way better than that, cool. If I get way worse than that, there'll be a check and a balance. Somebody will be up and somebody will be down. But in the middle between the two of them is their, is their average mark. And that's what I look at. Just give me the, at your, your normal year and we'll figure it out. That's how, that's how I judge what's going on. That's how I make the decision. For when you look at, at teams and say, okay, these guys are going to do really well this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way that all 25 guys on the team are going to have a crap year. Yeah, right. Not all 25 guys are going to get hurt. So just give me your average. I expect at least one major injury from every club. Mm-hmm. And, and if everybody on the team just has their average year, 
this is what I expect to happen. And, Real, and, yeah. and that's and, and that's that's the way I look at it. Um, and you know, it usually usually ends up working out. Now, every once in a while, there's an anomaly, uh, and that's when Vegas gets crushed. But it typically doesn't happen. It tip baseball is what it is. I mean, it's that's why people love stats so much because they can, if they read them the right way, they can accurately predict what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily necessarily down to the decimal point, but they can they can figure out pretty much what's going to happen. It's just the way it is. Just the way it is. Well, things are shaping up. They are. They are. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the way this season's going to shape up down the stretch, and you know, we should see some really fun pennant races. There's some new clubs in it. Like I said, we saw, you know, Atlanta and Philly. The, you know, there's there's some competition for the Astros out in the West. The, the Yankees in Boston are probably going to finish the season right the way they are right now, one and two. Uh, but there'll be some, some uh, you know, both teams will probably make the playoffs. We'll probably see Cleveland from the Central, and, you know, who knows what the wild card situation is going to look like. It seems like they've got, like, 15 different wild card possibilities now. Kind of like kind of like the NHL where, like, over half the teams make the playoffs. <laughs> Makes uh, not much sense to me. Kind of demeans the uh, regular season a little bit, but uh, until – until they come to me and say, "Hey, Greg, could you fix the uh, the the, s- the schedule and the playoff system in baseball?" Then uh, we'll, we'll, just, we'll have to look at what we've got now and and, and relish it. I'm, but I'm looking forward to uh, October. Uh, actually, couldn't can't come fast enough for me. I'm, I'm I, I need to need to see some some meaningful baseball, and uh, yeah. I'm about ready. Get people playing with their hearts. Yep, about ready, about ready. Yeah. But I tell you what, um, it should be interesting, nevertheless. Nevertheless. Oh, absolutely! It's always interesting. It's you can't always exactly predict what's going to happen, so you always have surprises. And mm, yeah, yeah. So it'll be not a bad first day back. Yeah, it's been a lot to catch up on. Yeah, we covered about. covered quite a bit. Covered quite a bit, and you know, we, we'd be absolutely remiss if we didn't. Uh, Say thank you to all the people that support us here um, mm-hmm. at Fair and Foul. Absolutely. Our, our, all the good folks at, at Seat Giant. I just got uh, uh, a reminder to let all the fans know, hey, you're Canadian. You're going to baseball games. You're going to go to soccer games. You're going to con- concerts in the summertime. Go get your tickets at SeatGiant.ca because you're Canadian. Why shouldn't you pay in Canadian dollars? Mm-hmm. I mean, how frustrating is it to go to one of these other ticket sites and you're you're in Canada, you're earning Canadian dollars, you and you've got to pay for a Canadian event in American dollars. Yeah. Not to mention, you get to use the promo code that we have for our fans, Zon. If you're Canadian, it's Z A U N. If you're <laughs> one of our American fans living, you know, down south of the border, SeatGiant.com, you could use the promo code Z A U N Zon and you know get your discount. And we encourage you to do that because we love the gang at Seat Giant. We want them to, um, we want them to get your business because they're the ones that are making it the easiest on you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, of course, you've been to eat at my house, and so you know the the gang at True Local. They take oh really good care of me. Gosh. They brings the meats. Are you still getting those? Oh, sure am. I get the oh uh, what I call the Christmas for the carnivore box. That when that little black box shows up on my front doorstep full of uh manless cut ribeyes and black cod and and uh now they're giving now they're sending me the baby back ribs uh they've got everything and you know there's no hormones and whatnot and And farm to table uh, yeah pretty much it's uh it's pretty good and they deliver it right to your house Mm -hmm. it's super convenient i absolutely love it and they're great they're they're great to deal with um and uh the quality of the food is is just amazing so you know, as long as they keep bringing me the meats, I'm going to keep eating them, and I'm going to keep <laughs> telling people how much fun I enjoy having it uh, come to my house. Oh, it's so delicious. It really is. But as I promised you, you and me have to go do lunch and shopping because I, I feel like I need to go see our people at Indochino for I've some been new suits. For this. I know. I, I keep saying we're going to do it, and we need to mm-hmm. because nothing makes me happier than the feel of a brand new suit. And I. I can't even believe. I don't even understand how they're doing it over there. You know, you're talking about a custom-made suit. You go in, they measure you, and three to four weeks later, it shows up in the store. I, I've never had a custom suit, but I've seen people who have had. I 
Oh, you will soon. We're going to get him to make you one. Really? Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the gang at Indochino well, to fun. make you a suit. But it's there's nothing like it. You, like I said, they take your measurements. Incredible, yeah. Three to four weeks, your suit shows up in the store. You you go for a final fitting, and they make the last minute uh, adjustments. You know, adjustments to it. <laughs> Typically, they don't. They're not. They're they're usually bang on. Mm -hmm. Three weeks for a custom made suit, and you're talking about. Sometimes they have these crazy sales where you're paying four hundred, five hundred bucks for a custom and made really suit. Really good quality. Uh, yeah, real good, beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how they do it, but they're doing it. They're figuring and it, it out. It's pretty wicked, and so I'm thinking, you know, go for lunch, maybe have go to the couple mall. couple glasses of wine. <laughs> yeah, you know, go to Indochino and and uh, and get suited up. I mean, that's. I'm down for that. It's been a while since I had a suit on. I've just been pretty much living in the gym and, <laughs> you know, around here doing doing the honeydew list. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we'll it's get on that. We'll I, get on the uh, I think Indochino. I'm, I might just have to put a suit on to go to Indochino just so just to feel it. <laughs> you know, I love my suits. Yes, you do. I love I love celebrating a suit. And so, you, you know, you go there and you get not only do you get the suit, but you get the the sweet shirt that fits you perfectly pimp it out with a nice tie and a matching pocket silk oh and apparently you go there and you get to pick all of it like not only do you pick materials the, too you pick the fabric on the outside but you can pick the liner so you can what? actually personalize like you get to pick what the liner looks like no on the way. inside all kinds of stuff like it's i'm telling you there's no there's absolutely no reason unless unless you you need the suit today and you're going to go to one of their competitors and buy some you know crummy mass-produced suit Everyone off the rack has. why wouldn't you like if you know oh, i'm going to a wedding in two months why wouldn't you take advantage of the fact that you've never had a custom-made suit yeah i don't the only way i can describe a custom-made suit is it would be like if if somebody picked you up with a crane and dipped you in suit <laughs> that's what it feels like I'm not kidding you. It feels like everything moves well. There's no gaps. There's no puckering. <laughs> that sounds there's, amazing. It, it's just, uh, you're dipped in suit. It's unbelievable. It's the most cool feeling ever. Okay, well, I have to experience this. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go shopping. We're going to go to, we're going to go to Indochino. And you know what? We should probably film it because I want people to, I want people okay. who have never experienced what it's like to have a custom-made suit so they can understand what the experience yeah is. let's film it for yeah, sure it'll be, it'll be a blast let's do that so yeah i'm telling you go get your tickets for all these awesome summer concerts that are coming up go to seatgiants.ca and put in the promo code z-a-u-n get your discounts because we have some loyal listeners mm -hmm. call true local i promise you get 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 a delivery the baby back just ju just get it get one delivery and i promise you you won't regret it you'll probably never go to your butcher at the supermarket again ever you wow. won't you won't you know if you're uh, we uh, we got friends all over the place we forgot to mention uh liquid muscle you know <laughs> liquid guys that, where's the beach the guys that keep me fit yeah yeah where's the weight room i'm so pumped up yeah but i'm telling you i know i know people like some people say oh it's you know it's pasteurized egg product but once you get past the texture, it, and I don't have a problem with the texture. It's like a whipped milkshake. Oh, I'm a texture person. Yeah. It's like a whipped milkshake, but they have so the flavors are so amazing. Best vanilla I've ever had. Pina colada, caramel apple. Pina colada. It's like an eight ounce glass is thirty five grams of protein. It's quick. You keep it in the refrigerator. You can keep it frozen in I your freezer for like a year. Never heard of that flavor. Frozen in the freezer for a year, and then like up to a month or so thawed in your in your uh, refrigerator. Like it, it only a whole bottle only lasts me like a week and a half, two weeks because mm -hmm. I'm I'm a protein junkie. But yeah, there the, it's a legitimate product. I love it. It's just a quick. Quick blast of protein, out the door you go. But yeah, they got caramel, wow. caramel apple and pina colada. The pina colada, never. it's uh, it's like it's like it's like uh, like sex on the beach for uh, for uh, protein Prote supplements. Yeah, if you ever had to shot sex on the beach, it's like it's like drinking sex on the beach except it's thirty five grams of protein. Oh Unbelievable! Gosh. Wow, it's fantastic. Never it's heard of that. It's fantastic. Yeah. So lots of I said we we've got some great friends in this program, and mm -hmm. and and I like I like to gush about the people that support us because they're. Uh, they're really great to they're us. Awesome. And, yeah, they're really great to us, and uh, we like to support who support us. And so, you know, until next week, we appreciate everybody tuning in, staying with us. Uh, we've gotten a lot of support. Uh, you know, 
uh, online at you know at our YouTube channel. Just say, hey, where is everybody? Well, we're back. We just took a little time. I'm trying to find uh, trying to find that paying gig so I can keep the show alive. Mm-hmm. You know, because baby needs a new pairs of shoes the way she's running around. <laughs> and uh, so we'll be back. This will be the first of uh, several podcasts in a row. Um, Sunday row should be should be back, new and improved. Yeah. New Don't look. Give it away. New look, same attitude. Just gonna say, not I'm not I'm not giving it away, but you might want to tune in. It's uh, it's very YouTubey. Yes. It's very YouTubey, but it's, uh, diff- it's something different. Something different. We'll, we'll try. We'll see how it goes. We like we like to keep our fans guessing. You know, you never know what I'm gonna <laughs> say, but yeah, uh, true. you know we're back now and we're gonna try to keep them coming and uh, mm-hmm. want to say thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. All right, T. See you next week. Yeah.